Welcome to Getting Common with Professor Carlos Chapman. Getting Common covers a variety of topics and features guests from business, law, politics, government, education, and some of the most insightful entrepreneurs. It's a refreshing, common-sense approach to some of the most important discussion points today. Now, here is your host, Carlos Chapman. Hello, everyone. I am Carlos Chapman, and I'm your host of Getting Common. In my day job, I'm an associate professor at Washington and Lee's Law School. Today's episode is very special to me as a native Houstonian and as a Beyonce fan because I have two of my favorite Houstonians, Courtney St. Julian and Brendan Bailey, and we are about to discuss a topic we all hold dear, Beyonce. I'll start by having them introduce themselves. First, Courtney. Hello, my name is Courtney St. Julian, and as Carla said, I am a native Houstonian. I went to North Shore High School, which for those of you who don't know, is a Texas high school football dynasty. Um, <laughs> uh, after high school, I went to LSU, another football dynasty. I went to Vanderbilt for law school, but while I was at Vanderbilt, I decided to visit for a year at the University of Texas, and that is where I first met Carlos. Um, and so we've been friends for you know that long. I won't say exactly how long. Um, in my day job, I am the chief hearing officer for Harris County, which is basically a magistrate. Um, but nighttime, I freelance as a Beyonce impersonator. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now Brendan. Um, so um, in my day job, I am a, a construction project manager and a civil engineer by uh, education and training. Um, I also like to think of myself as a unpaid uh, music critic and a culture critic. So um, it'd be wild for me to not uh, be up on my Beyonce. I'm not quite a native Houstonian. I'm actually from Jamaica, but I got to Houston as quick as I could at the tender age of six months. Um, I actually met Carlos and Courtney through uh, Facebook. I think there was a uh, a group uh, where we were allowed to kind of just be ratchet and talk about all things pop culture. And we discovered that we were both, you know, longtime Houstonians with like a couple hundred mutual friends. And it's like, why aren't we all already friends? And so um, that was probably almost a decade ago. And so, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been 10 years of Houston, Black excellence and Beyonce. Yes. I would say coming at six months makes you native. Like, I'm like, whatever, he's native. Sure, sure. I'm so we'll, H. We'll claim you, right? We'll, we'll, let you, we'll forget about those. Hey, I, I, claim, I claim Houston uh, probably a little bit more than I do Jamaica, too. So, Well, and I think we all claim Beyonce more than is natural. Um, sure. So my first question to kick off our discussion, and either of you can answer first. When did you become a Beyonce fan? And I will give some clarity to this question. Um, as native Houstonians, we've been hearing Beyonce a very long time, longer than y'all have, right? Like Beyonce's around our age. We heard Destiny's Child. So since everyone wasn't a fan all the way back then, tell me when you first became a Beyonce fan. I'll let Courtney go first. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna give some background, of course. Um, I pledged Alpha Kappa Alpha in 1998 and for our, I shouldn't be giving my age like that. Um, and so for our probate show, um, our sort of coming out song was no, 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 no. 
Um, and we so we had this little at the beginning of the routine, we would do like the no, 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 like the Miss Delta sign. And then we would do like the no, 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 no for like the Zeta sign. And then yes, 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 yes for the AKA sign. Um, and so I remember when we were rehearsing that song, um, I was sort of like the soloist in that song. And one of like my Dina Pledges was like, she kind of looks like the she's moving like the lead singer in that group. And at that time, nobody even know, knew Beyonce's name <laughs> in 1998. It was just like, that was Destiny's Child, you know? Um, and so I remember them being a little rough around the edges. Like, it was good music, a little silly, you know, a little superficial. But what I saw in Beyonce was just this incredible work ethic, right? Like, I saw that she was not happy just being, like, the local superstar, you know? She really started honing her craft honing her image. And, and by the time she dropped Crazy in Love, I was a diehard, solid Beyonce fan. All right. How about you, Brandon? When did you first join the Hive? So um, I will also give a little bit of background. So I actually became aware of Beyonce with the first uh, single, the No, No, No remix from their Destiny's Child album. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, they're not, you know, they're not superstars but they're super polished they're really attractive they almost kind of remind me of a young in vogue and maybe there's something a little bit different about them so i'd you know would love to kind of see where they'd be in a couple of years um i kind of cooled off on beyonce during the survivor era because i just kind of thought all that was a little extra a little messy you know that kind of thing but then when when I heard she was going solo, I was like, okay, let me see if she's going to be one of these people who thinks, okay, I'm the lead singer now, I'll just do the same thing and be a successful solo artist, like a Diana Ross, maybe even like a Michael Jackson. And when she came out with Crazy in Love, I was like, oh, she's been working on her craft. She's been working on her vocals. She's been working on her dancing. This Crazy in Love video is easily as good as anything that I've seen from, you know, people who are really good at um, music videos. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to call myself a full on member of the hive just yet, but let's kind of pay attention. I would say I probably joined the hive for real, for real. When she put out self-titled in 2013, the surprise album, I just, I was like, she's on a whole nother level. I, I want more of it. And I don't care who knows. You know, it's interesting. So I was not in Texas when no, no, no came out. I was in North Carolina. So it was like, you know, the Beyonce stuff and the Destiny's Child stuff was popping back then. I would definitely say, like, we did not, you know, identify it as Beyonce and Destiny's Child at first. It kind of was after, you know, after the folks left, the Survivor era, I agree, Brendan, super messy. Yeah. Like, extra messy. Like, the song was, the songs were just shady. Um, yeah. And some of those songs with Michelle, bless her heart. Um, bless it. <laughs> like, really. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I think I became a Beyonce fan the first time I saw her in concert. Mm. Um, and I can't remember which concert it was, but it's the one when Robin Thicke opened. And okay. um, and I was like watching it in a suite and I was like, whoa, like just the 360 of Beyonce for me, where it's like I can tell when so like people who hate Beyonce have never been to a concert in person. Right. Like, you cannot outwork Beyonce. It's on a, you know, it's kind of how I feel about Madonna. Like, I'm not the biggest Madonna fan, but I won't fault the fact that 
Like she is a 360 artist who does the most or a share or a Diana Ross, like those people where it's like, I don't have to download a single one of your songs, but I'm not going to de- deny your talent because you put in work. Yeah. Um, and like going to a Beyonce concert work, like oh. just next level work. And, you know, I, now I can only watch it in a suite because I can't be in gen pop. I need to be around <laughs> You know, I got to be around like-minded people. I got to be like with people I trust. I can't really be feeling other people's reactions. I can't have people who aren't going to like it. It's like, no, I got to pick my people and be in a suite to watch Beyonce now. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hashtag sweet life. Yes. Sweet, sweets only. I mean, how many sweets have we been to? Like three? Three. At least Something three. like that. Yeah. 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 We, we only watch Beyonce and sweets. And I will go to Houston because I like the Houston special of performance. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I hope I we should not be saying this publicly, though, because now people are going to try to get in the suites. And I need y'all to not try like like, you know, it's kind of like moving to Houston. We need you not to move to Houston and we need you not to get to our suites. Right. Well, may the odds be ever in their favor. Right. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have the hookups on how we get our suites. And I'm not going to exactly. say that. So, you know, before we get into all the positives, I would like to discuss the haters. Um, And, you know, I have a theory. I don't know that my theory should be shared publicly about why I think people hate Beyonce. Um, But I would love to hear the two of you answer the question, why do you think Beyonce has so many haters? And I feel like these haters are different. Like, I think the haters are as prolific as the hive. Um, like they, it's almost like they make it their job to hate Beyonce. Yep. Um, and, and what is the source of this? Do y'all think? Well, I think there's several, but for me, I remember several years ago, um, someone had created this website. It was sort of a blog and it was called Beyonce-itis. Um, and basically the, the, the theme of the blog was basically every current catchy pop singer was catching Beyonce-itis and was dying from it. And we kind of <laughs> never heard because they fell off once Beyonce got on the scene and they kind of fell off. So I think a lot of people hate Beyonce because she makes their other favorite artists look inadequate, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't hear from Ashanti because there's Beyonce. Right. You don't really hear much from, oh, what's that girl? I can't even, Carrie Hilson, because... <laughs> There's that, you know, and I think a lot of people are like, but I liked Carrie Hilson and I liked Shanti. That's fine and dandy, but they just can't exist in this world because Beyonce is just kind of like the sun blocking out the stars. Like there's, you know, there's stars back there, right? But you can't see them because Beyonce is the sun in this solar system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are facts. Like, you know, Beyonce has some bops. Not, not Beyonce, Ashanti. Ashanti has some bops. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But it's 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 kind of like, you know, that might be a nice little, you know, burger slider, but we're about to actually get, you know, lobster, uh, caviar, um, Petrosian beluga, not the not the not the, you know, the can the, the stuff that you can get off of Amazon. We're about to have like the real deal with a Beyonce release. Um, I think I think there might be a couple of other things that kind of factor into Beyonce hate. I think, I think Beyonce kind of became a bit of a villain uh, during the Survivor era because you know here she is 
you know, there, there, there's the Destiny's Child drama. These these two of the members kind of find out suddenly that they're no longer in the group and they find out in kind of the most the, the shadiest way ever they're, that literally the video comes out of their hit single and there's two other women in their place than them. Or at least that's what that's the way the story went. And so to those of us who aren't, you know, who aren't on the inside and kind of know the deal, that's 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 classic villain behavior. Um, as to maybe another reason why I think Beyonce gets a lot of hate, um, I think more than more so than maybe any other female artist who's achieved, you know, worldwide fame besides maybe a Madonna, um, Beyonce talks her shit and she stands in it. Um, you know, there's kind of an expectation, I think, for women, particularly black women to, you know, we can acknowledge your greatness, but there's a, you know, there's a polished way to, you know, kind of, you know, accept your flowers, if you will. And um, kind of right around the time self-titled, probably before self-titled, when she put out uh, Bow Down, I've Been On, she, she was done being nice about how good she is and how yours, your fave really could never. And I think from that point and kind of tying into what Courtney just said, it's like, you know, you've got your fave and then Beyonce shows up and nobody's thinking about or looking at your fave anymore. And some people really kind of internalize that. And I think that's where, why, why the Beyonce, Giselle Knowles Carter draws a lot of hate. Not all the names. <laughs> I mean, hey, a lot, lot of lot of imitators. We've got to make sure we're talking about the right one. <laughs> now, I'd love to hear y'all's opinion on this. I feel like everyday lay people behave as if Beyonce is attacking them personally when she says bow down bitches. And I don't understand. <laughs> like, I do not understand why they think Beyonce is talking to, like Beyonce doesn't know you. Sure. But These are the same people who thought the vaccine had a microchip that was going to, you know, record it. You're not important enough for the government right. to care. <laughs> Trust me. Well, in insecurity is loud and insecurity always thinks that, you know, everyone is thinking about them or referring to them. And, you know, I think, you know, I don't know, there is there's something about there's something about, you know, excellence, I think. And it's not even just Beyonce. I'm sure you guys, you know, have experienced this in, in your careers and, you know, other people who have it's there's just something about excellence that really, I think, triggers a lot of people. Um, and. Uh, rather than, you know, kind of sitting with that and figuring out where that comes from, it's just easier to, you know, lead with I hate Beyonce as if that's a personality trait. So. <laughs> Not a personality trait. <laughs> I mean, it's a LinkedIn skill for some of these people. Yeah. They have to lead with, like you said, they have to lead with it. It's, it's almost like they want to be loud about their hate for Beyonce. Yeah. You, you see a post like scroll by on your feed where it's like, Beyonce releases new music. There will be 10,000 people who have to say, I hate Beyonce. I hate Beyonce. Right. I hate, and it's like, but why would you expend the energy? If you yeah. hate her? Why would sure. you scroll past? It's like the, it's the Dallas Cowboys, um, New England Patriots syndrome. You know, it's like this person is so excellent that all I can do is hate that they're excellent. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't want to be their fan because they're so excellent. So I'm just going to instead you know, hate from outside the club. Yeah. You know, like Taylor Swift gets on my nerves. I mute her. <laughs> exactly. No shade. I could not tell you a single Taylor Swift song. No disrespect to her. 
some of these other pop girlies that I don't listen to, I, I know like a song I could tell you, oh, Katy Perry, Katy Perry sings Roar, uh, Ariana Grande, Grande sings this song. I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. I've just never had an interest, but you won't find me on Taylor Swift posts commenting about her or saying that I dislike her or I hate her. I'm just I'm just unfamiliar and don't really have um, the desire to go go learn more. There's nothing about her that says, oh, well, let me see what she's about or what, you know, how she's progressed over the years. I just don't engage if there's no interest. I don't I don't know why other people can't do the same with Beyonce, but. Yeah, I mean, they will download the entire album, listen to it and have critiques like a music critic for something they hate. And I'm like, that's weird. Are you getting paid for this? Because if you're not getting paid for this, I, I, I don't I don't understand. Yeah, it's 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 strange. Like her haters. I, I like your comments about black women as well. Like, mm -hmm. I think some of it is the way that everyone feels compelled to police black women and their bodies and their speech, everything. Right. Sure. Like, we are on public display all the time and everybody has an opinion about everything that we do in life. Um, and we just have to block that out. So I think, I think that's a big part of it. Like people mm -hmm. think Beyonce is supposed to care because all black women are supposed to care about people's opinions. Sure. But for some reason people level it up on her and it is the strangest, strangest thing. It is yeah. just strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I pray for them. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing I, better than me. <laughs> I just feel like do something else with your time. Like yeah. I don't even have time to hate someone on that level. Just don't listen. Sure. Move on with your life. Yeah. And I, oh, oh, go ahead, Courtney. Sorry. I was going to say they, for some reason, feel as though she has to humble herself to them. And that's what kind of blows my mind because I'm just yeah. like, she's clearly like, like you said earlier, like there's, there's Cher, there's Madonna. I don't like Madonna. I don't really like Taylor Swift's music either, either, but I recognize that they are a talent. They're a force in the music industry, right. you know? but I don't hear people calling for them to, to be humble or to express their excellence in certain ways. It's, it's right. only Beyonce that people feel like they have to regulate, you know, how she performs and how she expresses herself. I saw a guy wrote, write a whole think piece on, um, I don't see why Beyonce has to cuss so much. Yeah. Well, because she can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think another thing I also think about, too, when it comes to um, Beyonce is, uh, you know, kind of like where I was, you know, kind of between like the Survivor era and then when she kind of went solo, where it was just kind of like, okay, I'm a little... I'm a little cool on her, but um, especially in these past couple of years, Beyonce has gone to places that other artists, black or white, haven't gone to. And I, I would kind of think, well, you know, what other artist um, dedicates an entire Coachella performance concept to HBCU marching bands? Like, don't get me wrong. I love the greats. I love Michael. I love Whitney. I love Janet. I love Aretha. I love all of them. But this is the first time someone's gone there. And you would think that you'd probably hear more of, okay, maybe Beyonce is not my cup of tea, but I got to give her her props. She's clearly very hardworking. She clearly thinks, you know, um, or at least has grand ideas for the way that she wants to execute. And there's not really anybody else out here that's doing it like her. So at least I can give a begrudging respect. No, it's still just outright hatred. And I'm just kind of like, that that's I think that's the kind of excellence that just gets under people's um, skin and they don't really know how to deal with it. 
you know, I would like to go back to that HBCU uh, shout out moment. I think, you know, not enough credit is given to the fact, you know, like she does the Disney thing, uh, you know, Black is King. She does Lion King stuff. Um, It is rare for a Black artist to be unapologetically Black in a way that elevates all aspects of Black culture. Yeah. Wearing all yellow, like the Orishas. And like, you just have to know that she is Oshun in that video. Like, you right. have to, like she is sending messages to people. Sure. People like the HBCU moment, the way I had to tell some white people, that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, she doesn't bother to explain. She's like, no. I'm going to do some stuff that is explicitly black culture that only the girls are going to understand. Just like on the latest album, she's doing some stuff that is exclusively ballroom culture. Sure. That- took my gay friends to explain to me what it was that was happening. She did not care that I didn't understand. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. She doesn't care if you are white and you don't understand what was happening at Coachella. Right. She doesn't care. She's going to be unapologetically black in a way um, that I don't think we've ever seen an artist of her level be. I I can't think of one. And I think what's also incredible about, you know, you, you mentioned re- Renaissance and, and even uh, Black as King and uh, Coachella um, or Beachella, as it should be called. Um, Beyonce is not an alumna of HBCU uh, or, or a someone who, you know, was in a marching band at an HBCU or even a high school inspired by HBCU. She's not She's not a gay woman, as far as we know. And so she has a way of really kind of uplifting aspects of black culture that she herself may not be a part of. But she does it in a way where it doesn't feel like she's appropriating or trying something on for the sake of popularity or, hey, this is really trendy right now. So let me do this or let me, you know, adopt this as a visual style. It really feels um, more like a tribute and, and honor, at least to me, than it does, hey, you know, you know, the gays are really popular right now. Pose is popping. Ballroom culture is a thing. Everybody's, you know, checking for legendary. Let me let me do an album that's, you know, that that features ballroom elements. It really feels, you know, like a celebration of those. And I think what probably one of the things we'll look back on her career is that, you know, she's really um, exposed a lot of um, not just her fan base, but just um, people in general to, you know, aspects of culture that they may not have been aware of. Um, she kind of gives you something to go dig into, something to go do your homework on if you're so inclined. And, you know, I, I, I'm i loathe to kind of talk about pop music from a, hey, is this intelligent pop music or not? But I really think good music, um, kind of like any really good media, whether it's a really good movie or a really good book, um, or a TV show, it it makes you it kind of exposes you to something that you're not familiar familiar with, and you'll you know kind of go you know read up on it, kind of like oh well, who is this being referenced, or what sample is that from, or what's kind of the background behind that. And um, when I see people do that, I see these are people who are serious about their work. They do their research. Um, they go to the source. They don't you know they don't you know pick up trends from people who are also pretenders and try to do something like, you know, she took it, she took it back to, you know, originals, um, original creators and, and really kind of elevated them in a way that I think is really remarkable. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a Beyonce hater, just, just block her <laughs> and let us live over here. I mean, um, t- tell it to the deity that you pray to. I mean, maybe they can do something about it. We certainly can't. <laughs> 
and we're not interested in doing it. No minds are being changed. No. No No minds are being changed. All right. So let's discuss why Beyonce is so special to those of us from Houston. So I've alluded to the fact that like she drops things um, in her albums that like you just don't understand unless you know. Um, She and Solange, especially like Solange's entire last album is like references to Houston that I've had to explain to people. Oh, yeah. Um, So I would love for each of you, like shout out a few things that Beyonce has done in her music that is special to those of us in Houston, like just some some Houston unique things that are out there. Oh, one of my favorite moments was um, I think the song, the video is for um, Beauty Hurts. And she's wearing the Miss Third Ward sash. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think that if you're not from Houston, I think no one knows what that means at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was one of my, in fact, when we went to the On The Run concert, I basically wore a recreation of that costume with the Miss Third Ward sash. Yeah. Was, I'm never going to miss an opportunity to wear a Miss Third Ward sash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for those who aren't from Houston, our neighborhoods used to all be wards Um, and they used to be separate governing districts, you know, and some were black, some were white. I believe some were Jewish. Right. Like first ward was Hispanic. Fifth ward was black. Third was like Jewish and black people. Mm -hmm. And now only a few of them maintain the name, like even though the districts exist, um, they only a few. And so third ward and fifth ward are two two black neighborhoods that maintain like the ward moniker. Yeah. Um, and so that's what that is about right. for those who aren't, are familiar. Um, I, I happen to think the third ward is the best ward, but I am biased. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Beyonce would, would agree with you about uh third ward being, being that ward. Um, I think one of my favorite uh, Houston references um from uh, Beyonce's uh, body of work would have to be the blow video. Um, when I first saw the video, I was like, wait a minute, I, that's, that's Funplex. And Funplex is a, uh, it's uh, an enter- entertainment center that's on the west side of town. It used to be uh, Fame City uh, when we were growing up and they've got the big skating rink. And, you know, I know that she, she also went to, I think, uh, Elsick High School for a little bit, which is on the west side of town in A-Leaf. And so for those of us who aren't from uh, Houston proper, I'm, I'm actually from the Missouri City area, southwest Houston. I, I claim the west side of Houston. And so seeing that Funplex uh, reference was, was a real treat um, for me as a longtime Houstonian and a Beyonce fan. You know, she's always sneaking little subtle references to Houston. I mean, even Ivy Park, most people don't know what that's referring to. Mm-hmm. But if you're from Houston, you get it, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love about Beyonce is that she's always giving a nod to H-Town in almost everything she does. And when right. you're Houstonian, you, you, you hear it and you're like, that's right, that's right. And I love that she's kept her Houston roots. And Absolutely. she's maintained that even though now she's an international superstar and the whole world claims her. Yeah. She's born and bred age down. Right. I just love Beyonce before the vocal coaching and and like speech lessons. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, she was she was good in country. You were never going to confuse her with someone from the East Coast or someone from the West Coast. She was she was country. Um, and uh, I think those of us who are from Houston, um, you probably been in situations where you're around people from other parts of the world and they swear they can hear a twang in your voice. And you're like, no, this is just my regular voice. So um kind of uh piggybacking on the discussion i i as as a fan of most things houston i just think it's incredible that you know here you have uh a a, a young woman who probably has very typical you know beginnings as uh, as far as you know black w- women from houston go and now she's you know she's a megastar and Houston's not a Houston's not a place that's known for turning out a lot of people who are big in the entertainment industry. It's not like, you know, being from New York or Atlanta or Detroit or, you know, some of these other places that have deep musical legacies. And I just think it's amazing what um, Beyonce and Solange, um, because, you know, Solange is that girl too. Um, You know, certainly those of us who are from Houston know about, you know, Houston rap, Houston hip hop, um, but I, I think, you know, it's not common to see that on the the the, the music side and, and, you know, for someone like Beyonce to kind of go as far as she's gone, considering that when she first came out, you know, we didn't know if, if Destiny's Child was going to be, you know, a group that people cared about in a couple of years or like so many other, you know, one hit wonders that came out in the 90s. You know, they made a couple of songs that. You might hear on Magic 102 or 97.9 The Box, but then you don't think about them until, you know, maybe some maybe something shows up in, you know, something that's specifically about Houston. And you're like, oh, yeah, remember then? Like, she's she's completely, you know, gone above and beyond that. And I, I as a Houstonian, I, I think that's really cool. I love the way she puts, like, Houston beats and Houston trends on. Yeah. Like, so many people, like, the I've been on segment of oh yeah shella or you know h down coming down which we've been saying for like we won't say how long we've been saying it because it would tell sure. you how old we are um <laughs> but just certain things that she does like even just slowing things down and people are like why is that song slow and i'm like it doesn't sound slow to me yeah yeah because <laughs> i'm from T- houston and that that sounds normal to me little right. things that she does that she weaves throughout yeah. Um, where people think Beyonce is the first one to do something. I'm like, she's actually paying an homage to, you know, DJ Screw or Slim Thug or somebody else that like right. is not in people's forefront. She also pays people. Sure. Yes. Which I think is an important thing to say. Like, can we talk about that? We can. Because <laughs> this actually kind of goes back to when we were talking about why are there so many haters? And there are so many people who are like, Oh, Beyonce is not original. She's just copying everyone else and she's just stealing other people's works. And first of all, I want to say, if you bought the actual CD, like I did for Renaissance, (laughs) and you look through these liner notes and you see just how much attribution she gives for every single song, it's like, no, If, if Beyonce is inspired by borrowing, using, interpolating, she is going to give the credit where the credit is due. Yeah. And I think there's an important distinction to be made between stealing and paying an homage and being right. inspired by it. And so many people are like, she's just copying. And it's like, yeah, maybe she was inspired by this artist or this song, but yeah. she's taking it and giving it its own 
Beyonce feel, you yeah. know, on Beyonce look. So sure. it's not stealing. She does not steal anything from anybody. Trust me. She didn't have to. And when she does it, she puts them in the liner notes and sends them a check. I wish Beyonce would quote me. Beyonce, please quote me. Khalees. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> well, and I think the thing that's always so funny to me about the Beyonce is copying or Beyonce is stealing or taking credit. Um, look, nothing exists in a vacuum. Um, you can p- nearly pull up any artist that you want to you know, bring up. Um, and you can find someone that they were influenced by, someone that they were inspired by. Um, I think of people like Michael Jackson, um, Madonna. I mean, Madonna is the queen of ho. Let me take something here and like repurpose it and introduce it in a different context. And um, I would even be one of those people who has criticized maybe the way that she does it and the way that she takes things that are maybe from other cultures and puts them in context and don't really give credit to where she got that from. That's not really something that Beyonce does. And again, I would say, you know, nothing exists in a vacuum. If you're any type of creative person, there's going to be someone who works in your medium that inspired you to do something, maybe got you into doing something in the, in the beginning. And you kind of create your own thing, you know, based off of that. I mean, you know, whether you're talking about jazz music or classical music or, you know, works of uh, media like like film and TV, like nothing exists in a vacuum. And so, you know, some people really kind of act like Beyonce is this 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 only person who's, you know, finding inspiration in different things and kind of repurposing. And um, considering how hip hop is built upon, you know, sampling and taking, you know, things that were originally one thing and really repackaging it and and making it something different for an entire different, you know, body of listeners. um, That's 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 been going on since the beginning and if there's one thing that black people understand is we understand about taking things that you know were forced onto us through various types of you know you know through you know things like slavery and colonization and you know putting our own spin on it and turning it into something that's completely different from what was before i think in that vein beyonce is very much um walking in her blackness and creativity when she when she does things like that you know, all all good art is about cultural melding, right? Yeah. It's, you know, no, no, and you know, I just got back from Cuba, and the musical expert, and I had never heard this before. I had never even noticed it. He was playing for us how the Muslim call to prayer and that like melody mm-hmm. is present in like, and, and in part because of slavery, right? Because sure. they took slaves from Muslim countries as well. Right. That in gospel, and mm-hmm. I was like whoa yeah like no clue like i just yeah. had never and he kind of extrapolated the sounds and pl- layered them over each other and even showed a video of people in cuba who practice santeria mm-hmm. doing what people in gospel church do when they catch the spirit like having the beats and all that and it was like but you can hear this muslim melody mm-hmm. over people who are singing a gospel song um while practicing santeria involving african religions and catching the spirit and catching the spirit comes from the African, I was like, oh my God, mind blown. Yeah. It's the way that all these cultures have melded together. So the yeah. idea that we're like, oh my God, Beyonce is stealing. When it's like all of our music is borrowing and stealing from other cultures that we can't even identify anymore because we think it's just ours. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. All right, so favorite Beyonce song. 
of all time, not just an album of all time. Um, well, that's interesting you said of all time, because I think my favorite Beyonce song is, um, is End of Time. Um, because first of all, I, I kind of like the songs that aren't necessarily the most popular. They don't get the most radio play. I'm a B-side kind of fan. Mm-hmm. And for me, that song, like, it plays to my, if I could have been, if I could live my life all over again, I would want to be an astrophysicist. And this mm-hmm. is gonna get this is gonna get way out <laughs> in left field. <laughs> but in that song, she talks about there's nothing between us but space and time. And it's kind of like true love could, you know, cover any span of the universe. Um, and so when I hear that song, even though she may have written it in a romantic vein, it makes me think of like my family members that aren't here. And it truly makes me think that true love is eternal and it spans all space and time. And so that's one of the reasons why I love this song. Plus the beginning, it has this weird little noise, this boom, 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 boom. And I tell myself that that's how stars talk to each other. That's what it would sound like if stars could talk to each other. And that's how you send your love across the universe. So th- that's that's my favorite Beyonce song of all time, just because it appeals to this like quirky nature in my brain. But obviously I love all the bangers. I love every single song on Lemonade. I can listen to Lemonade on repeat any night of the week because <laughs> it appeals to my my petty Scorpio side. <laughs> mm. um, but I mean, really, honestly, when it comes to Beyonce, there's not a song that I think I dislike. There probably are some, but I'm going to go with End of Time is my all-time favorite. All right, Brendan, favorite? So I had to think long and hard about this, and um, I was just like, there's so many songs that, you know, I that I listen to all the time and I love. And so I kind of like tried to go to Spotify and look and see which Beyonce song like comes up often in like those, these are the songs that you've played most in the past year type thing. And um, I'm actually proud to claim this song. I really love Countdown from the four album. Um, And it wasn't a song that I originally started liking, but it's just, it's kind of one of those songs that to me just kind of embodies how uh Beyonce is she's she's boisterous she's she's you know she can be kind of you know soft and 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 sensual and and I just feel like that song gives you you know the it's got the big horns it's got the beats it's got these you know all the these crazy background vocal harmonies uh when you take into account the video the video is super extra in that way that I love Beyonce um when she's being extra she she does extra better than I think pretty much anybody else. And it's just, I mean, that song, that's another song that has like a Houston reference. At one point she talks about um, London speeded up Houston Rocket, which is also kind of like a double play on the Houston Rockets, the basketball team. And um, and it's also kind of one of the songs that really kind of emphasizes that, you know, Beyonce is really somebody who I think loves being a wife um, to to jay-z and you know whatever you might think about jay-z as a person as a person who you know you know was 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 unfaithful um even in renaissance you can find that you know she really loves being um his wife she loves singing songs that are about her and their family together and countdown is literally just a you know even from that that actual countdown it's just kind of like a hey here's our here's our love as uh a couple and I'm trying to turn this into a family because I think that song technically came out while she was pregnant with blue uh yeah while she was pregnant with blue her um her first child and so um I don't know countdown is just 
probably my favorite Beyonce song. And I say that as someone who can't get enough of Renaissance. So. So I would say for the album, in my opinion, is when Beyonce was trying to let us know that she can actually sing. I think that's the whole purpose of that album. Mm. I was saying Beyonce's a pop star. Sure. Beyonce is this, like the vocals on four and like the runs and the range is like our preview of Renaissance. Does some things vocally on Renaissance that are just, you know. Yeah. Is the fit. Um, and he's really trying to let the haters know I'm Beyonce and I can sing. Yeah. Right. It's like, I am Beyonce. I can sing. I know y'all thought I was just out here hitting a one, two in the, in the dancing. Yeah. Actually a singer. So I, I asked y'all this question and I don't know that I actually have a favorite Beyonce song, (laughs) um, which is horrible, but uh, since I, but I'm the host, so I can do what I want to do. But if I had to narrow it down, the reason I said four, um, as I was thinking about the questions I was asking y'all, I think one plus one might be my favorite Beyonce song. Mm, Okay. Because she stunts on Ho so much. Like, yes, it's a very romantic song, right? It is yeah. a beautiful song. But, I mean, Brendan, you're the musician. Like, what is she doing on One Plus One? Like, I mean, so kind of to your point, um, and I'll say this, I'll say this because I think this is probably one of the things that makes Beyonce special. So when I think of like all the, when I think of like all the artists, all the pop artists, all the black artists that have come and gone, I think of somebody like Whitney Houston being the singer's singer, like say what you will about her songs. You can't deny that Whitney Houston sings and sings down. And it's kind of a once in a lifetime talent when it comes to singing Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum. You've got someone like Janet Jackson, who um, is not really known for her vocals, but she's known for being a great performer, an amazing dancer, you know, comes out with these high concept albums, talks about things in her works that you're not going to find from your average R&B and pop artist because love songs kind of rule the day. And I feel like Beyonce sits equidistant from two, from, from, from those two. She's not, I wouldn't say that she sings like Whitney at all. I wouldn't say that she performs or dan- that she dances like Janet, but I feel like she's, she kind of brings the best of, of those artists in a single package and has kind of gotten to a point. It's interesting that you mentioned um, the four album. I think that's the album where she not only starts to sing, but she's kind of like, I don't really care about trends. I don't really care about what's happening in, in pop music. This is the type of music I want to sing. These are the songs that show off my vocals. I remember when I first heard Love on Top, I was like, oh, this is this is a song where she's not only singing, but if you're someone who loves like the 80s R&B, this is not contemporary in the sense of, oh, you put that out and that's going to automatically be a number one because that's the type of music that's really popular right now. It's like, this is someone who loves music. This is someone who loves to sing. This is someone who grew up on 80s R&B and 70s R&B and you're going to get a lot of that on four. And so, you know, again, I don't want to talk about intelligent pop music versus unintelligent pop music, but I kind of feel like you know, four is kind of where she said, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing and I don't give a fuck who likes it. And I think you hear a lot of that in the music from that album. And as much as we love, you know, Renaissance and Lemonade and even self-titled, I don't think you get to either of those places without her saying, hey, I don't give a fuck what everybody else is doing. And I think you see that most in four. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I love that you mentioned Love on Top because to me, that's the song when you said, Carlos, where she's like, I'm gonna let you know that I can sing because we were all singing along to that song and that key change made a fool out of all of us. <laughs> Every time that key changes and you're thinking, how is Beyonce doing this? Like you cannot even keep up with the way she changes that key. And it's yeah. so deceptive because the song sounds, and I'm not the musician, Brenda can break it down better than me clearly, but the song is so deceptively simple. Like you're just singing along, bopping along. You're like, wait a minute. I'm I'm wrong. Wait, how is she doing that? How is how is she reaching that note each time she does that little run? It's yeah, incredible. That's when I was like, yeah, Beyonce is not did not come to play. No, she came to play. so yeah. many people embarrass themselves in karaoke trying to sing "Love on Top." Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like retire that, y'all. Don't even put that in the karaoke book. It is so embarrassing for people. <laughs> it is it is a hot. Actually, I would say most of the songs on four. People embarrass themselves trying to do it in karaoke. Like it is not, it's not giving what you think it's giving. Right. Um, it just isn't. Like yeah. I would never, I would never even try. I barely yeah. sing karaoke. I'm not a good singer. But yeah. I would not, I, I wouldn't, if I see a song in four, I'm like, uh-uh, let me not. I haven't, there's not enough alcohol in the world. <laughs> try to sing love on top in public. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, don't do it. So yeah. I'm going to skip around in order and just, get into renaissance so that we don't run out of time because we have to talk about renaissance um absolutely so my first question for y'all have you stopped listening to the album every day yet or does it still have you in a trance chokehold <laughs> i'm firmly in its grip um and i i don't know what it is but it's she's put crack in that in that album and i just i cannot get enough are you are you listening every day still courtney Oh, of course. Absolutely. In fact, I've got a road trip coming up next month and I just want to sit and just like have my home, my headphones and just be immersed in it. Yeah. Because I find myself like when I'm listening to it now, I'm too distracted. Like I'm listening to it at work. I'm listening in the car. Like I want to be able to just sit and just marinate in, in the music because yeah. it's, it's catchy enough that I want to listen to it every day. But now I'm to the point where with like all good Beyonce songs, like, I'm ready to dissect it. I'm ready to dive into those lyrics, find the hidden hidden meanings, find all the Houston references. Because yeah. this this album, I have to say, is just so layered. I mean, I, I love the way most of the songs start off one way, they morph into something else. It's almost like she gave us two albums in one because so many of the songs do something completely different. Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I want to find if there's a different message when the music is changing, like when those songs are morphing into something else, is the, the theme of the song also changing with it? Like, I'm ready to just kind of sit and, and, and be one of those people that writes a think piece about Beyonce. <laughs> I feel the urge often to write a think piece about Beyonce, but I don't want to be one of those scholars who writes think pieces about Beyonce. It's more <laughs> like I, because I don't like the people who write think pieces about Beyonce, I don't want to be one of those people, but I always have the urge. It's It's a real conflict in my spirit but yeah. i feel like eventually i might write a whole book about beyonce that could happen um i don't so when i was in i could not listen in cuba because i forgot to download it yeah so that broke me from my renaissance streak i probably listened every single day up until i left the country however mm -hmm. what i did start doing about two or three weeks in are y'all still listening in order yes and no 
Um, if I'm listening to it through the, like a streaming serv- service like my Spotify or something, yes. But I've also gotten into like watching like the, ly- the, the lyrics videos on YouTube. And then also some people have started putting out um, versions of the songs where like the lead vocals are isolated or removed so you can actually hear what's going on in the background. Or, or there's even one, there's even a couple videos where it's, it's, it's like not like the lead, like the lead vocals are taken out, but like the subtle background vocals that you almost have to have like an ear to hear it in its like original form. And it's like, and it's isolated and it's, it's really, it's really kind of sending me because I'm somebody who really likes to break down, you know, songs like that. I like, you know, why, why are the background vocals like this? Why did they, you know, decide to do this? You know, I think it would be a dream for the, just me to sit down to Beyonce and say, Hey, um, B, you know, why, why did you do it this way? Because every, every, every second on that album feels fully intentional. Nothing feels like, Oh, we did this just to do this. Like there's a reason why I've ordered the song this way or why I switched up the lyrics slightly between singing the chorus the first time and the second time. And there's just all these little discoveries with Renaissance that I'm kind of getting into now that I'm no longer listening in order. Um, So to answer your question. I will say that, are y'all there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I will say once I stopped listening in order and kind of to Courtney's point about hearing the different layers, um, I stopped listening in order and I started kind of just picking songs. Mm-hmm. Totally different album. If you don't listen in order, completely different out. Like mm. it's amazing how, if you put it on shuffle or if you pick this song or like, sometimes I will start at um, what's the Grace Jones song. Um, Move. I will start at move instead of the first track yeah. and go order that way. Totally different album. Right. Yeah. Or start at cozy and go in order. Yeah. Um, like, totally different album i advocate for starting out of order um because it, it changed my opinion on some songs even to like not hear them in the same rotation mm. but i will say this about renaissance because i did it for like a month renaissance is the perfect get dressed for the day album because you can wake up to the first track you can set the first track as your alarm mm-hmm. and you need to be in the shower by the second track and then you need to be like out of the shower by the fourth track and then you need to be like doing your mm. makeup like trust me yeah. Set your alarm to the first track of Renaissance. Okay. And and do your morning routine and see what happens. We stand up, we stand up planning queen. So sure. I will tell you this too though, that the risk is what you will say to people when you do that. Oh, well. Because yeah. you right. might tell someone you're unique. You might tell someone <laughs> you're number one and you're the only one. You might yeah. that might happen if that's how you start your day for like a week. Sure. I know I might have told someone, no, the booty ain't won't do what it's gonna do. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I quote Renaissance a surprising amount. Um, and I'm like, where did that come from? And I'm like, oh, my God, I just quoted Renaissance. <laughs> there are a lot of good quotables on that album. Like just, oh, my goodness, that's a bar. Or, hey, you know, sometimes, you, like you said, you're in, in life and something, somebody says something, you're like, oh, the perfect response would be a line from, from Renaissance. It's really ki- kind of interesting and creepy at the same time. All right. Can you pick a favorite Renaissance song? for me uh, my favorite renaissance song right now i'm sure it'll change next month is cozy i I love cozy because i i've always liked this notion of being comfortable in my skin because i'm very rarely comfortable in my skin um and so 
you know, as we get older, we're still pushing ourselves to get out of our comfort zones, to, to still grow, to still expand. And, and what I take from that song is Beyonce is like, oh, I can do all that. I can still grow. I can still expand. I can get out of my comfort zone because I'm cozy in my skin. And that's where you want to be comfortable. As long as you are cozy in your skin, you can still grow and expand and get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I also love that she calls herself neon beige. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to call my daughter that from now because she's neon beige. She is neon beige. So my I my my favorite song changes, but if I'm going to think about the song that I consistently kind of go and listen to and really kind of just, you know, really kind of listen to like what the leads are doing and what the backgrounds are doing, it's gotta be Virgo's groove. Um it's I mean that that beat is probably just is super infectious. Um I love that the song is kind of a metaphor for sex. Um, it's like kind of like what Courtney referenced. It's two songs in one. The first part is um, Baby Come Over. And the second part of the song is uh, You're the Love of My Life. And it's like the Baby Come Over is kind of like the foreplay and, and maybe the more physical aspects, I think, of sex. Whereas You're the Love of My Life, I think, is kind of like the, the romance, kind of the, hey, we're not just connected because we're in coitus. It's like you're, you're the love of my life. And and whether that, you know, whether that's, you know, the orgasms, whether that's the, the moans, whether that's her shrieking so loud that she curses the stars, I think Virgo's groove kind of tells a story. And it's not just the lyrics, it's in the background vocals, it's in the music. And that's the kind of sophisticated pop that I've, I'm just really loving that that's kind of where Beyonce is as an artist, as a singer, singer, as a songwriter, as someone who, you know, plans what kind of concept she's going to do. And, you know, she keeps leveling up. And I think Virgo's, Virgo's groove is kind of emblematic of that. But I'll say Alien Superstar was my favorite forever. Yeah. Because um, I was it's like, this one. song is about me. I'm an alien superstar for Absolutely. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but then Heated has grown on me because Beyonce is talking her shit. Oof. Yeah. I don't know who pissed her off, but I know I don't want to be on Beyonce's bad side. <laughs> like she is reading for filth in yeah. that song. And I feel like she's reading in a way that only Southern women read. Mm. <laughs> and that's why I like it. Like yeah. I felt like my grandmother was cursing me out when I listened to Heated. Yeah. And... I think she's talking to her critics and her and, and the beehive, especially the ones that, that want to try to come for her sideways. She's like, look, I can be just as petty as you. You know, I haven't put out any visuals. You still might not get any visuals. And guess what? You're just going to deal with it. I, right. yeah, he did, he did is a good one. And then that coda where she's like actually reading, you know, ballroom style. Um, I say flip flop, flip, 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 flop and ass bitch, like at least a couple times <laughs> each day. Cause it's, oh. it's, it's such a bar. Like it's, you guys talk all this shit Monday. I'm overrated and Tuesday you're on my dick. I mean, it's yeah, it's next well, level. And I just love how she's like, um, what does she say? Dimples on my ass, stretch marks on my tits. Like, yes, I'm old and I'm getting fat. Right. Sure. <laughs> and I'm still better than you. Like and you're still jocking. You're still jocking. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's still the ultimate sex symbol with three kids. Yeah. And I'm also like, where? Like, I, I feel like I tweeted that one day, like, bitch, where? Like, yeah. where are your yeah. stretch marks, Beyonce? Show me. Because yeah. I don't believe you. But I appreciate you shouting out those of us in our 40s who are like, <laughs> you know, like, no, like, Heated is definitely, 
like I like I can't stop listening to it. Like anytime yeah. I'm feeling down, I'm like, let me listen to Heated so I can talk shit like Beyonce. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of being in your 40s, if she does go on tour, I'm going to need a full knee replacement before the tour starts. <laughs> because I want to drop it like a thought. I want to drop it like a thought at the concert. Well, and I also need to get my fan choreography together because I've got to have a big fan when she does Heated. You know, if you listen to the isolated, like one of those videos where they take out the lead vocals, you can hear the fans clicking in that last. And I need to get all that together. So, yeah, (laughs) we've got a year. Apparently she's touring next summer. So we've got some time to get it together. So I got to be in the building. We've actually only got one minute to close. And I love that y'all talked about the predictions about what's next. But I will close with, do y'all think we are ever getting visuals or are we just going to wait for the show? I, I, I don't know at this point. Um, as someone who's as someone who's always tried to kind of eschew what other people are doing in popular music, I could literally see senior saying, hey, all y'all, all y'all are getting are the lyric videos. So I feel like she could do like a Christmas drop. Like it's Christmas Eve. Here's a video. She could. Because that's how Beyonce rolls. Or yeah. it could be like December 26th. Like I was at the crib with the kids and here's, Here's some music for you. Like, you know where you were when that digital drop. Oh. <laughs> right. You know where you were when the digital drop. Yes. Such a right. such a cultural reset. So I would like to thank y'all for joining me on the show um, as two of my good friends and fans of Beyonce, who are actually very professional and serious in their real lives. It is good to get to have a little kiki yeah. and really like we are on the internet in public for a little while. So thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Get In Common. If you ever miss an episode, you can catch the rebroadcast anywhere that podcasts are streamed. You can also watch the video. You can catch our visuals on the YouTube channel, which is Getting Common on YouTube. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if you ever need to reach out to me, I am at Carla C on all platforms. Thank you for tuning in to Getting Common with Professor Carlos Chapman. Please join us again next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thoughtful discussion.